Hi there, I'm Jake Humphrey, and you're listening to the High Performance Podcast. This podcast reminds you that it's within your ambition, your purpose, your story are all there. We just help unlock it by turning the lived experiences of the planet's highest performers into your life lessons. Welcome along to a special High Performance Podcast in association with the wearable tech brand Whoop. Myself and Professor Damien Hughes are about to speak to someone who could be a genuine game changer for you. Today, we're joined by sleep expert Nick Littlehales. Now, you can't change the world's schedules, but if you know that you're a, a morning type, an am as I call them, or a pm you can make sure that you can optimise certain periods of the day and minimise the influences of things that could be slightly negative. So a lot of people listening to this absolutely guarantee it. They might wake up around two or three o'clock in the morning and feel wide awake and can't get back to sleep. They might go to the toilet. They might sit there going, oh, I'm trying to go back to sleep and I can't get back to sleep. Rings about. If you look, if you look at the polyphasic approach, it's absolutely natural. How many people get a solid eight hours, three, six, five, through all of those seasons, all of those changes, Stop worrying about it. Even the people who seem to sleep really well can't tell you how they do it. Stop talking about napping. Get this concept about the cycles and off you go. Do you know how much time you waste every day? But you should focus something on your own human ability to recover better. And once you do that, you become more productive. You go faster, immunity systems, I mean, we don't need to go into that, but everything about you is functioning at its best. And that's all you want. So that's what you can expect on this episode. Look, sleep is a fundamental of a high performance life. I know that if I'm in a good place, my sleep is good. It's the foundation of everything that you do. It's your opportunity for restoration of both your body and your mind. But you know what? So many people struggle with it. And this podcast, by the way, is not about making you feel that you aren't achieving enough, right? We're not about clickbait headlines. We're not here to ask salacious questions of our guests. The High Performance brand is purely and simply here to help you live a more fulfilled, happier, satisfied life. And sleep is central to this. So as we prepare to start a brand new year, today we welcome a human recovery game changer. For over 20 years, Nick Littlehales has led the planet in understanding and improving sleep. And sometimes like I'm desperate for people to come to this podcast, even if they don't recognise the name of the person who's on the headline. You probably have never heard of Nick Littlehales, but what he's about to say can change everything for you because he's worked with international elite athletes, players, coaches, managers, sports scientists... Whether it's Formula One, Liverpool Football Club, Real Madrid, Team Sky, they've used Nick's techniques and now you get them distilled down to an hour. This podcast may well be the thing that changes the game for you. So grab a pen, grab some paper and make some notes. Um, And as I mentioned um, at the very start, this podcast is in association with Whoop and their sleep feedback 
has been fantastic for me. Whoop is a wearable health and fitness coach that can help you to sleep better, to train smarter and to recover faster. It's the go-to for elite people. And let me explain why. So I've got my phone here. So I've got the Whoop app on my phone. I wear the wristband, which is constantly measuring my body. So it's telling me that last night my recovery was 84%. So therefore I know that I'm primed today to take on some strain, to go to the gym. It's also telling me that my respiratory rate was bang on last night, which is good news. And also that I spent 28% of the night in REM sleep, which is vital for emotional processing and brain development. I thought I felt good today, but it's just an example of how incredible Whoop is. If you're interested in improving your health and performance in 2023, then just go to join.whoop.com forward slash HPP, join.whoop.com forward slash HPP to get a 20% discount on a Whoop membership this holiday season. And the link is also in the description for this podcast. Right, let's do it then. Here we go. Nick Little hails with stuff that you need to know about your sleep on this high-performance Whoop special. Enjoy. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Well, Nick, thank you very much for joining us on High Performance. From a sleep perspective... What is your definition of high performance? Well, there's so many sort of what we call sort of human recovery variabilities when it comes to sleep. I think the high performance in my world in elite sport and sleep was about identifying what you want to do, define what you could do, define what you need to do, and then get on with it, get it done, right? In elite sport, they have all of the objectives and motivations, goals and needs to achieve in certain timescales. But a lot of cases, things get in the way. And sleep can be a bit like that. So it's kind of, let's identify what you want to do. Let's see what you could do. And whether it equals success, success is the same thing. It's not about failure. It's just get it done. I think where there's a real value in this conversation for the listeners is that if you talk about most people when it comes to sleep, they go, well, I'd like a bit more. And I'd ideally not like to be knackered most of the day and to be able to get to Friday without feeling like I'm not going to make it. So from the kind of non-elite sports perspective, what should we all be hearing you talk about where we just want to feel a little bit better about life, a bit more energy so we can actually go and get the stuff done we really want to do? One of the, the biggest disruptors to sleep is actually worrying about it. Certainly in my journey, there was no definitive approach. So it was... So like get your eight hours, don't eat too late, put your room at this temperature. And you just went, well, I can't do any of those. So I just have to make up a random approach to it. So what I tried to do was to take some of the things I'd learned and give you a more definitive approach, something that is more natural. So stop you worrying about how am I going to sleep on Friday or Saturday or Sunday or Monday. Try to reflect it as a rolling 24-hour process. So it's more to do, guys, with... What you do from the point of wake, when you go to sleep, your brain takes over, right? You're now out of control, right? So that's a reflection of everything you've done. 
from the point of weight. So I started to put things in place that would allow you to create that more natural recovery process and just change the language a little bit, you know, because like you just said, you mentioned sleep and somebody just mentions these things, but it's not a performance criteria. It doesn't stop you taking the kids to school. It doesn't stop you flying planes or doesn't stop you going to training. So it's kind of, well, if that's the case, why do we know it's so important? Why have we got this fear factor that if we don't get our eight hours, we're going to die later in life? Well, there must be a better way of looking at it, not necessarily how we do it, but a more natural approach to it. So I think that's where I started to find some success is things that we don't get in education. So we don't get it from our parents. We create this random approach. So generally, most people are wandering around unrefreshed, even the people who seem to sleep really well can't tell you how they do it. But it was really just trying to find certain key factors. I call them KSRIs, key sleep recovery indicators. Finding little things that you can do from the minute you wake up right the way around to the point when you go to sleep again to really give your brain a chance to reveal and optimize your recovery and stop you worrying about it. Yeah? I love that point that you're making there nick around reframing the conversation about sleep and i've been reading your excellent book sleep and i found myself sort of repeating an awful lot of phrases to my wife that she's looking at me having not read the book thinking what are you talking about like the r90 pattern or what's your circadian rhythms that you get into and i think what would be really helpful in this conversation is if you could help us with say some of the top three tips that you've studied that can help us reframe understanding how we all sleep better i think the one thing there that your challenge is with another influencer in your life you know because if you if you approached recovery and sleep on your own then it, it would be a little bit simpler but we involve partners which makes it more complicated so there's the sort of high performance challenge is is for you and your partner and anybody to define what they want to do <laughs> what they could do what they need to do get on with it and either and change your perspective because as long as you keep thinking about you know lions at the weekend and catching up on sleep and lost sleep and worrying about how you're going to sleep tonight and what you've got to do tomorrow that's really not a concept of performance at all that's just constantly being worried about outcomes so the simple thing is i identified seven ksri's and it's a little journey. Uh, when I got involved with British Cycling some years ago with their journey to put the first British rider on the Tour de France podium, Sir Bradley Wiggins, it was the aggregation of marginal gains. So it's a kind of little bit like that. So number one, so you've got seven of them. There's circadian rhythms, chronotypes, sleeping in cycles, pre and post, a better balance between recovery and uh, activities, environment and products. So there's the seven. So the first three is your key steps. Just tap it in your browser, circadian rhythms, right? You can get very scientific, but the principle of circadian rhythms is to remind yourself that you're a human being on this planet. You have bodily functions that all relate to synchronizing yourself with the sun going around our planet. And basically that's about light, dark and temperature shifts, right? There's no Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to that sun. We put a clock on it, so it just triggers our planet, and we're part of that process, right? We keep inventing things that take us further and further away from this feral, natural process. 
and we do keep identifying how important that is to be a little bit more synchronized with that process it's not about being outside but just understanding it better number two is this genetic chronotype you know i heard it owls and larks you know some people love the mornings but it's a little genetic twist and it's how somebody responds to what's called blue light in daylight and how quickly they respond to producing a hormone called serotonin and serotonin tells us to be amazing right in every single way so there's that little bit about your chronotype and being aware of it i'm sure so many people listening to this did not choose if they have a partner did not choose their partner because they were the opposite chronotype to them so two amers together it's a struggle two pmers together can be a struggle an amer and a pmer can work quite in harmony so it's all the people around you your colleagues your friends like jake you damien everybody else's you can spot their chronotypes and they will try and do things in a particular way in any 24 hours that principally is slightly different to you now you can't change the world schedules but if you know that you're a, a morning type an am or as i call them or a pm -er, you can make sure that you can optimize certain periods of the day and minimize the influences of things that could be slightly negative not just thinking that you can just do anything right because there is a subtle impact and i think the the one that's really the most fascinating for most is is everybody taps it in their browser i found it. i had to go to a library you know that's how old i am but up until electric light came along there's no evidence that human beings tried to sleep in one block we call it monophasic which is just one block at night they were far more connected and synchronized to this sun rolling around our planet so there was midday there was late afternoon there was nocturnal there's biphasic triphasic multiphasic sleep wake cycles so it's kind of understanding that trying to get all of your recovery in one block probably we got away with it for a period of time but certainly not over the last two decades and into the future because it puts that nocturnal sleep under too much pressure you can allocate as many hours you want to sleep eight nine ten but it doesn't mean to say you're going to sleep because it's your brain trying to reveal what you've been up to every day so circadian rhythms just get more aware of it your own personal chronotype be more aware of it in everything you do major step forward and then just realize that you know why is it difficult to sleep at night because there's so many things going on around it so change your perspective so i saw in a clinic a long time ago and uh, that the professors of sleep and everything else would wire you up with all these things track your brainwave patterns and they would look at sleep in a 90 minute cycle right yeah so they'd watch the brainwave patterns developing these stages and the stuff you really want is this deep sleep stuff to keep it simple right all the stages are good so then they'd look at the next 90 minute cycle so what i thought was okay this is about rolling cycles so five 90 minute cycles is 7.5 hours there's your eight five 15 in 15 out it happens to be the length of a football game which when i first started stepping out was working with manchester united and it sort of tried to change the language a bit so we think cycles 90 minute cycles the first two cycles are the most important one and then we can just go we have to create our sunrise because we don't sleep outside so you create your sunrise by your anchor point you know what's your natural start to your day 
whether it's occupational, whatever. So if that's 6.30, for example, and you're a morning chronotype, chop your day up into 90-minute cycles. That gives you 16 90-minute cycles. It gives you a series of little subconscious timings and periods and phases where you can just apply some really practical and achievable things during that whole period to give your brain the best opportunity to give you the best sleep it possibly can and just stop worrying about it. Can I just ask you what those, those are <clears throat> what are those things that we should be doing then? The practical, easy to do things. The first thing, identify your anchor point, Jake. You know, it's um we've got this alarm clock on and this wait time, but that anchor point is your reset point. So if I choose sort of 6:30 because I'm a morning chronotype like then what's going to happen is I'm going to wake in my 16th cycle and that's between 5 and 6:30. I will wake switch the alarm off, crack on. What do I do in that first 90 minutes? Yes, it's about bowel, it's about bladder, it's about little mental challenges, it's about getting ready for your day. But the most important thing is your exposure to blue light. This is daylight. And the daylight triggers this, this serotonin hit. It's a little thing in your brain called a pineal gland that triggers serotonin that tells your brain to unsuppress everything and make you active so if the first things you want to do whether you've got a lamp in your bedroom whether you've got blackout curtains is the first thing you want to do is get yourself exposed to that level of light either with lamps or get outside you don't want to be dragging yourself through the day right and we call them you know napping snoozers for losers and i thought well actually in a polyphasic sleep approach that we've learned about for so many years, it's not about napping in the sense that we see it. It's about a little controlled recovery period, a CRP as I call it. Right? Now a CRP can be, every 90 minutes I look for a little couple of minutes CRP. What could that be? Hydration bottle on your desk, right? Half fill it. So you just go and refill it. You know, maybe go and stand by a window and refill it and get a little bit of that light and increase your serotonin level. It could be just looking outside. I know what 90 minutes feels like. I've not got a wristband going on, driving me nuts. What I do is just, I'm very conscious of creating little CRPs. And I suppose there's one thing that's good about being experienced and older is a large proportion of my life was without technology. So I can identify what these little controlled recovery periods actually look like. They weren't planned, but you try to bring some of those little things in. It could be a bit of mindfulness, could be a bit of meditation. It could be some binaural beats, listening to something, visualization, sensory. I suppose Jake, when I, when I walk into a building, I'm attracted to the light. You know, so if I see windows down that side of the building, I'll walk that way to get to A and B rather than that way and you start to get a really nice relationship about that balance that recovery rhythm about little moments and there's loads of them but we we mess it up because we fill them up with everything else that we need to do because we're so tech orientated i find this so interesting i didn't think that on a conversation about sleep we'd be talking about looking for light i thought you'd be saying find a dark <laughs> find a dark cupboard get away from everyone put on some airpods oh, no, put on no. some meditation music and so can i just dive into a few of the little things that you've mentioned so far mm -hmm. the evening the am pm thing so i regularly without an alarm wake up at 6 15 my wife mm -hmm. regularly is struggling to get out of bed when i take her a cup of tea at 7 15 uh -huh. i am 
exhausted by 8 p.m. And she's like, what should we do? Uh-huh. Or what should we watch? Should we go in the gym? Uh-huh. Is there anything I can do to be better in the evening and anything she can yeah. do to be better in the morning? So the good thing is that when, you, when you meet somebody, I mean, if we had a little bit more education, like, you know, when parents are bringing their kids into the world, they sleep polyphasically, kids, right? Because they're in the formative growth years. So they just sleep, eat, you know, look after them, go back to sleep again. And it just shifts as they go along. So if we were spotting that anyway, what you would spot is that that's probably a good partner for me. Yeah. Because you just go, do you love breakfast in the morning? And she says, no, I hate it. And you go, ah, PM. Right, well, this is what we need to do then. If we're going to be together... Let's look at it like that. So what you do is this whole business of AMers, PMers live in an AMers world. You look at those two things and go, right, we both need an anchor point, right? You're two-hour phase delay behind me because I'm an AMer, you're a PMer. So what you do is if yours, let's say yours is 6.30, hers would be more like, you know, the next 90-minute cycle along would be 8 then you've got 9.30. So she'd probably choose, if you both had your wonderful island, yeah, in complete control, she would probably choose 9.30 as her anchor point. You choose 6.30, right? But what you find is, is if you both choose 6.30, because that's the AMers world, you can't start your day at 9.30 in today's world unless you're very lucky. So you're both doing 6.30. You both realise that your wife is two full 90-minute cycles early. So her relationship with light is even more important than yours, right? She's got to get up. She's got to have an unrushed start to her day. She's got to be able to get that serotonin going because that's appetite and bowel. How many people just wake up, hit the alarm, jump on the tube or the metro, jump in their car and eat a nutritional bar and have a drink while they're driving or while they're getting to work or trying to sort that out when they get there at work half asleep? You've got to start your day earlier. And you've got to give yourself some space with that light and everything else. Now the next bit. I don't want to be going to bed at 8, 9 o'clock at night in a 24-7 world. No way. I'm an am like you, right? And the pm has this second wind. So they're quite happy to be up and around at 12, 1 o'clock. We all know this. Yeah, we all know this. It's researched. It's there. It's a pro- But we just ignore it. So what I would do straight away is you chop your day up into 90-minute cycles from your 6.30, Jake. You've got these little phases and you've got these little moments when you can grab a little recovery break. You can identify that your wife wants to go to the gym at 8 o'clock at night and you don't. You can identify that you probably can do that as long as you do some. So what you do is 11 o'clock at night into 6.30 is five 90-minute cycles, okay? But there's also four cycles, which is six hours. Right? And there's three cycles, which is four and a half hours, right? And when you start looking at that, you can say, well, for me as an am I would much rather look as a targeted, I'm presenting myself to sleep time, closer to 12.30 rather than 11. And look for a really good four cycles and six hours, right? Because if I can increase the quality in that period, less disturbances, da da da, da I'm going to come out of it better. Then with the little CRPs every 90 minutes, little couple of minutes, little this, grab a moment. The other bit we put in is a 30-minute cycle, because that's 30% of 90, all right? A 30-minute cycle, a.k.a. your nap period. Put that in either midday or late afternoon, right? 
Now, for AMers, it's late afternoon. And that late afternoon is not about trying to go to sleep. It's not about going in sleep pods. It's not about trying to curl up in your bed. You know, we can fall asleep behind the wheel of a car on a motorway. Come on. What's that all about? So all you do is you say, if I can grab a 30-minute period, and within that 20 minutes, 15 minutes, where I'm just doing something, like learning some new chords on my guitar, or just sitting and listening to something, or looking at something, or reading a book, anything at all as a vacant mind space. If I do that every day, two things happen. One, it takes the pressure off phase three, as we call it, into midnight, when you should be getting everything you need to get done. Go to the gym, make some good food, deal with the kids, deal with your emails, deal with your podcast stuff, get it all out of the way. And then between 11 and 12, I'm chilling. But the way it works is my brain, because I've given it some harmony, some rhythm, good start to the day anchor point, balance the light exposure in the first two phases of the day to keep the serotonin. And then that little 30 minutes, what it'll do is every now and again, it'll tell me that probably in that little 30-minute session today, or 20-minute session, we're probably going to have go into a microsleep. Just nod it out, right? And so it's got this lovely rhythm to its day, and what it does is takes the pressure off. So if you looked at it, Jake, in a slightly different, more polyphasic approach for you and your wife, is that she starts a day at 6.30, you know, not drag herself into it. Get this light, get that thing going. Mental and physical challenges, activity, bowel and bladder, get the appetite up. And if both of you can find a way of creating it, even if it's 15 minutes, creating a little vacant mind late afternoon, you know. I've got people will leave a training ground and they'll sit in the car, in the car park for 20 minutes before they drive off. Or they might stop a couple of streets away from their home and just have 20 minutes before they enter the house. You sort of find this little space. And just to be clear, we're not talking about sleeping in those periods. No. What we're saying is no. doing something that relaxes you in a different way gives you a kind of similar benefit. Because the worry I've now got is if I do all that, and I, am I going to get enough sleep if I'm, not, if I'm dropping off at half 11, midnight, and getting up at half six? Well, I, not f I sort of worry then about the, that hour or two less that I might be in bed. When you actually look, you know, we've got trackers now, which we didn't have before around sleep and everything. What you've got is you've got this understanding that just because you're following an approach of get your eight hours at night and you fall asleep, do you get those restorative sleep stages? Because they only appear in the first yeah, two yeah, cycles yeah, of your yeah. sleep, right? So you start 11 o'clock. The first 90 minutes into 1230, your brain is trying to go, okay, we're in a sleep state now. Da, 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 starts processing stuff, you know, we're still digesting food, partners, noise, all that sort of stuff. Thoughts, anxiety. It'll start to look for the deep sleep stages. It's only around 20% of any period, right? Eight hours, 10 hours, it's only about 20%. So easily lost. So in the first cycle, it'll look for it. It'll look for it again in the second cycle. It might get bits of it in the first and the second cycle. Once you start getting into the third cycle, it becomes more tricky. When you get into the fourth and fifth, that's about waking up. Because if you imagine the sun, circadian rhythms, it's set over here, phase three. You've remained active, but it's already coming back to wake up your postcode. Right? So the other side of midnight is one o'clock in the morning. 
it's not one o'clock at night it's a.m right it's after midnight it's moving towards morning so a lot of people listening to this absolutely guarantee it they might wake up around two or three o'clock in the morning and feel wide awake and can't get back to sleep they might go to the toilet they might sit there going oh, i'm trying to go back to sleep and i can't get back to sleep rings a bell if you look if you look at the polyphasic approach it's absolutely natural to wake up around two or three o'clock in the morning after you've had two cycles pre before and after midnight that's right? what i do and then i panic i panic every panic. night at half two why am i not asleep what's going on now i'm well, gonna have an awful day tomorrow you know, be before light you'd be active for a cycle or so and right. then you'd get another cycle. Then you would do that graveyard slot. I mean, in Spain and Mediterranean, they don't go home and go to sleep. Some some people do, but they just do different things for a bit. But we know what it feels like and we know how it comes. So suddenly you just go, I've woken up at two o'clock because I checked the clock. It could be about time to wake up and the alarm's going off. So I always check the clock. What's happened? I probably got a bit of deep sleep in the first cycle, bit of deep sleep in the second cycle, balanced with some light sleep recovery. I had a good day yesterday, lots of CRPs, little 20 minute when I just nodded it off in my desk, you know, did that. That was the brain telling me, not me. So let's just remain active, not fully active, but the sleep onset will come back. So do you get up out of bed at, that, at those times? The principle is yes. It's doing things that what your class would be non-stimulating. You know, it's not switching all the lights on, but it could be reading. It could be watching something. It could be, you know, making something good for tomorrow's lunch. It, it, it could be ironing a shirt. It could be just sitting there listening to some music. It will come back. It will find you and you get another cycle. If I can focus my day from a sort of circuit 12 o'clock target time rather than 11, yeah, which puts me under a bit of pressure is that maybe my brain will go in and grab that deep sleep in my first cycle, a full 20% because I'm not still digesting food. I'm not still walking around, filling up my bladder with to wake up to go to the toilet. I managed to get rid of all those thoughts and anxieties. Now I'm, I'm completely chilled. And the last thing I did was something for me. You know, I got one player, we shifted it. And they would just sit there and start playing some chords on the guitar that they never get a chance to do. So you stop thinking about that sort of time as it's dark and you should be asleep. You're just looking at it as a 24 hour rolling process. And immediately what happens is you fall asleep, off your brain goes, grabs your deep sleep. You wake in your fifth cycle, you know, up to 6.30, start your day, crack on again little 20 minutes in the afternoon starts to become far more important. Anybody from a clinical aspect, says, oh, Nick's telling you to get less sleep. No, I'm not. I'm just saying how many people will get a solid eight hours, three, six, five, through all of those seasons, all of those changes. Stop worrying about it. You know, how am I going to sleep on Friday? Don't care. Because every day, all I'm thinking about is how does my five cycles a day, best five a day, how does that look? Four at night, six little CRPs throughout the day, every 90 minutes, little 20 minute cycle there. So I might be looking at 28 cycles, so many CRPs, seven little 30 minute ones. And suddenly the language just changes. And the coaches 
uh, and anybody looking at it but it's the same for anybody they just go okay we're looking for five 90 minute cycles a day we're looking at cycles we're looking at how that reveals itself and maybe sometimes we're actually targeting not to sleep at all because you know a game of football the night before there's so much adrenaline there's so much cortisol anxiety and stress i might get injured and never play i might have to go home and miss it it's like the birth of a child it's like an exam it's a first date all of these things create so many things that says the last thing you want to be doing is trying to force yourself to sleep we all can smash it the following day i think um, you know chris hoy was one of those advocates and um you know steve redgrave was one of those advocates is, is do other things to try and about recovery in certain moments so when you look at somebody's week it's not about focused on how am i going to sleep here how i'm going to sleep there it's just like well as long as i've got a nice rolling 28 90 minute nocturnal cycles back to back as long as i've got crps cropping up in my day and as long as i've got those little sections there cropping up and even you know i've seen people doing those 20 minute little things just sat on a sofa outside the studio and nobody knows they're doing it nobody knows they're doing it because actually all you've done is you're just able to leave the room but you still look you know i could be re i could look like i'm reading a book or a script but i'm actually not i can do crps in front of you guys you just think i'm a good listener because <laughs> i don't say anything for a few minutes you know what i mean 
So I popped on the headband, I downloaded the MindLift app and connected to my own personal neuro coach. And look, because of my job as a podcaster, I get to experience so many different things that people tell me are going to benefit my life. And in all honesty, once I started using MindLift, I just found that I felt sharper, my focus was better. And I think something else that you can't necessarily feel is that it offers an improvement for overall brain health. I also was really reassured by the fact that this is trusted by clinicians around the world. I know for a fact it's used by top athletes. I've spoken to some of them about how much they love it. And the fact that the whole experience is customised by your own neuro coach, I think just makes it really smart. So if you want to get involved and you're interested, now is the time with a $40 discount exclusively for you. And if you want to get $40 off your first subscription, just go to mindlift.com slash highperformance. That's M-Y-N-D-L-I-F-T dot com slash highperformance. So Nick, can I ask you from a parent's point of view? Because I think as a father of a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old, I think one of the... Good luck. Yeah, thank you. One of the biggest areas of conflict, especially with my 13-year-old son, is getting him to go to bed at a decent time because of he's got school the next day and he's got to get up. What types of tips and advice could you offer parents in terms of getting kids to bed on time and, and, and getting better sleep hygiene for them? Oh, the sleep hygiene. It's, it's a devil in itself, that. It makes you feel like you've got to you know, disinfect yourself. I think the first thing to do is just catch up really quick on this sort of basic element of awareness, right? Then you can look at your two children in a in a slightly different way and your wife and yourself and just go, look, if we'd have known this, there's probably some things in our everyday behavior that we could start to subtly change in a practical, achievable way. It's a bit like telling one of your children to do their homework, you know, before they go to bed. They're okay with that, but not your AMA child. They would have liked to have done it earlier. So it's little things like that. There's the light exposure. You know, we get things like, you know, blue blocker glasses, shut your tech down, blue light's bad for you, uh, get to bed and get your eight hours. Just trying to apply some of those little things is, is what do you do with your children from the start of your day? Are you creating an anchor point for them? Have you got a lamp in their room? Not to help the AMA. Me and Jake are fine. We just get up and off we go. But the PM needs a bit of help to get to the breakfast table. And rather than focus on, you know, what can we do to get them to bed? You focus on now as two parents, you know that when you, if you were thinking polyphasically, if you were aware of that, you would have been a more polyphasic couple than monophasic couple as soon as you found out you're going to have your first child during those nine months you would have really been able to manipulate your polyphasic approach because you know what's coming but it's not unusual then as the kids start to go through that period your polyphasic approach would be able to intertwine with their polyphasic approach so there'd be less impact on all of you and as they get a bit older and start to move the last thing you want to do is what you're doing as parents. You're trying to get those kids to sleep monophasically all through the night, like you, not for their benefit, so that you can have some social time as parents. So you shift it back and go, 
Hang on a minute. We watch elite athletes, footballers have to take penalties at 11 o'clock at night or swimmers on the other side of the world trying to do all sorts of... And you just think, hang on a minute. If my son wants to... I can identify with him that that's the best moments in his day, then we can look at it slightly differently and make some subtle changes that really helps him. So it becomes less difficult for him to go to sleep and enjoy his sleep because you've got more of an understanding of what you're doing. But I've seen a real growth in is uh, the, the fact that technology allows us to get anything we want at the end of our fingertips, right? And, and what that does is mean that we can get led down garden paths. It means we can find really positive things out. We can do really positive things with our tech. But at the end of the day, there is an addictive behavior. Um, so I get brought into clubs or to individuals because they might be using sleeping tablets. They might be using supplements. They might be using all little things that they can get online and deliver to their house. And nobody knows they're doing it. It's similar with a sort of tracker you know, there's some trackers that are really, really good, but there's lots of them now. So you go from no education to tracking sleep. That's not like nutrition and exercise. You just jump straight in and there's already a medical term for the increased anxiety and stress that actually looking at sleep tracking data before you start your day, because what do you do with it? You know, how do you impact it on your life? So there's some really good things, but it's almost like what I say to people is whichever book you read, my book, this book, research and everything else, if you get those areas into your life, right, these practical things, then you can actually look at this tracking data properly. You can take it as guidance, right? What you don't look at it is is definitive because that's where it becomes more of a problem, right? at this stage anyway so can i ask about technology then because that leads us into some of the top tips that as we prepare to go to bed to get our 90 minute cycles in what are the kind of things that that we can be doing to ease that transition into uh, into those cycles so i'm asking specifically about technology about eating and like the kind of bedroom environment that we sleep in. Uh -huh. What are the sort of top tips that any of our listeners could incorporate into their day? When you come to sleep as this health pillar that's attached onto everything else, right? so we, we want to eat well, we want to exercise well, we want to do this, and do oh, and then we just need to sleep. Make it your first health pillar and, and do that in sport because everything you do will be slightly diminished to a greater or lesser degree if you're not recovering properly. So there's a key performance factor. The other thing is, people, when they get to sleep, it's either, oh, I'll get a sleeping tablet, I'll get an eye mask, you know, I'll get this thing that affects my brainwave patterns, or I'll get the... In isolation, you try and find a little solution to something that's going on without looking at it outside of that, right? So when you get to that particular point, it's like, I'll get a new mattress, I'll get a new pillow, I'll get this pillow that sings to me or this pad that makes me cooler or whatever it is. I coach people to sleep anywhere, anytime, on anything, in any way, right? That's what we do as human beings on this planet. So wherever that person is, up the side of a mountain in a sack or crossing the America on a mountain bike in the race across America or sa sailing around the world for three months on your own in a race, 
That's what you have to do, and you can do it. So when it comes to sort of things in isolation, back to Priestley, there's only certain things you want to be worried about, is take the pressure off that phase three, like we talked about before with Jake. Get your little recovery moments in. Start your day well. Get that little moment, like you take your son for a walk. That's that's the 20-minute bit, isn't it? Or it could turn into sitting on a bench. It could turn into sitting by the river and the coast. Isn't it amazing? Suddenly, just step outside, sit on a bench, by a river, by a coast, in the woods, whatever, and life is not as bad as it seems. That's the serotonin of the light, and that's the balance, right? So you do all the things you want to do without pressure and worry, right? Get those emails done. Get that done. Get your homework done. Eat some good food, freshly made. Get that out. Watch a nice David Attenborough movie. Whatever, you know? Listen to some music. Play some games. Be on your tech. Be off your tech. But it creates that little bit extra space. So pre-sleep is nothing more than warm to cool and light to dark. That's the rhythm of our 24 hours in circadian. That's the bit that you focus on in that phase three. Right? The bit you want to focus on is your post-sleep. Whatever happened last night, when I'm coaching people like in the military, it's sort of like, it's like do a 180, as they call it, which scared the pants out of me. But they, when anything really goes wrong as a, as a squad, they go up to the wall and chuck it in the wall, turn around and walk away. So it's not like you can get rid of it, but it's like, do this 180. So I think it's the same thing. You know, when you wake up in the morning, what time is it just before the alarm's going to go off in that fifth cycle? That's okay. Uh, what are you going to do now? Forget what you happened last night. You woke up six times. Who cares? You Did you feel refreshed? I don't care. It should take the emphasis away from that. And suddenly you start waking up in the morning and going, wow, I slept all the way through. How did that happen? Oh, it must be what I'm doing. It's starting to have more of an impact. So light, masses of light, get that start to your day right, and the rest of it all sorts of follows. So there are certain things you can bring into your world outside interventions, like a tracker, like a supplement, like a, a bit of a gadget, maybe an eye mask, maybe a, something along those routes. You can bring it in, maybe a pillow, maybe get yourself a new mattress or something like that if you want to but until you've gone on this journey which we're touching on very briefly but it's sort of unless you've gone on that sort of 7k SRR journey you can't make considered choices about these sort of things so I go absolutely mad I won't go on but you can ask me another question about light if you wanted but there is that wonderful thing when you hear advice whatever it is and you just go you can't be doing that Shut your tech down because blue light is bad for you. And I haven't even told you that blue light is your amazing free energy source that makes you as a human being function naturally. Why are you telling me to shut my tech down? Is it to manage the information overload or just let me be on my tech longer by wearing glasses that protect me from the light? Do you see what I mean? So it, there's always these little, what they call myths and misunderstandings. It's not like creating something new, but that was my journey. I just thought, you're telling everybody to do this, but you're not telling them to do that. You're telling everybody to concentrate on the pre-sleep, but you're not telling them what to do in the first place. There's so many things that just were disjointed. Anyway, there is something you could do, which is a bit of fun. It's not scientific, but it is a bit of fun if you wanted it. Go on. I think you'd enjoy it, Jake. 
he's got these young athletes and the coaches are telling him to shut the tech down and all this sort of stuff and I'm just standing there, oh, come on, you know. Why do we feel so great when we just step outside? So anyway, jumped on the app store, found a little free light meter that just pops a little dial on your phone. Yeah. It uses the camera to show me how much light's around me, all right? And it's Lux, which is lumens, the way you measure light. So the first thing you get a nice understanding about is that I'm sat here, and probably where you are, Jake, uh, and you, Damien, mine's measuring about 32 Lux, even in front of this computer. You, know, you might be able to see. Oh, it's gone up to a bit. As I get closer. 205, yeah. And if I just put that just closer to the window, less than a metre away. Four and a half thousand. Bloody hell. Oh. If I step outside, it could be right now 80,000 lux. Now, it's not dangerous, but you remember when we first said, is that if we're all outside and the sun comes over the horizon, this daylight arrives, the blue light's inside of it, it hits this little gland through your eyelids through the light receptors. It shifts you from a melatonin world, which we hadn't touched on, but that's diminished light, into a serotonin world. And that's happy, motivation, alertness, challenges, just being great as a person, right? So you just, first of all, get that thought process is everywhere you go, you can get scientific light meters, but everywhere you go, where Jake is sat right now, right? So <laughs> I've got it. I've, do, already, I've already downloaded Jake? it. Is that, right. So it's like outside, right? Seasonal dependent. Yeah. That's another one. Get rid of daylight saving time. I think America is going to do it next October 23. They're going to can it because Are they? it's only affects a certain level of the population. It's seasonal affective disorder. It's our exposure to light. I wake up in the morning on days like this, and before I've got my jeans on, it's going dark. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> It's that sort of thing, isn't it? So I just did it. In here, I'm 132. I put it to my window and it was 4,500. Clinic experts, light experts, I've been around them everywhere and they're probably, oh, there's Nick again, right? Using some free thing on his phone. But let's, let's live in today's world, <laughs> right? What I want you to do is just be more aware. And if you can tap it in your browser. You know that blue light and daylight triggers serotonin. When the sun sets, it produces melatonin in the same gland. And the melatonin tells you to suppress everything. It doesn't override you. It just sends a message to the brain to suppress functions. And the other one sends a message to unsuppress functions. If I sit here talking to you for an hour, I know the environment I'm in is melatonin production. I'm trying to be positive. I'm trying to have clarity. The fact is, my brain's been told to suppress everything. So it's fighting. As soon as I step out after this podcast, or just go and stand by the window and fill my hydration bottle up, I know what's going on. That's 5,000 lux. Just look out the window and bang, I'm keeping the levels up, right? And that creates your rhythm. As you both know, there's no point a coach telling someone to do this, do that, like that. What they have to do is take you on a little journey. And they take you on a little journey, then suddenly you end up going, wow, I do four cycles a night, get full six hours, no disturbances. I do this in the morning. 
I think about light and I've got this little lamp on my desk and I have this little 20 minutes when I do that, like that, and, da, da, da. and I know I can be active in the evening because I know what diminished light looks like. It's not inactive light. It's just not the right levels. So that little lamp is bashing out 10,000 locks. And the reason for that, why they are 10,000 locks, is because we do know that if you're outside in 80 odd thousand lux, your average exposure in the first two phases of the day, sunrise, midday, sunset, is in that period, you had an average of 10,000 lux. That's where the lamp comes from. So you're looking up, looking down, moving around, there's clouds. So you're in this 80,000 lux world, but you're getting exposed to around an average of 10,000. That means sometimes it's right at the top, sometimes it's lower, right? So if you think in every 90 minutes, you would have an average of a thousand lux as an example so the first 90 minutes of your day are you going to get at least a thousand lux exposure and that's when you can just wander around your house you know brushing your teeth going to the loo going into the kitchen getting some breakfast you know when am i going to get that big spike to get that average and you start to just keep thinking like that and then later on which is one of your pre-sleep things is as long as I know where melatonin light is, it doesn't mean I'm inactive. I could still be at the gym. I've been in CrossFit sheds in the US and fluorescent tubes everywhere. So, you know you're trying to smash this piece of exercise routine out in a world that's telling everything else is telling you to suppress it. If you just moved over there, and I think for your kids, one good tip for you, Dan, is... Where are your kids going to sit when they go to school? What are you going to do for them to get them to school, you know, functional in the right way? When they're going to take exams. So if you look at a classroom and you see there's all those windows on the left and the wall on the right, where do you want your son to sit is by the windows. Yeah. Because what you know, and we've done this in training centres with top-class premiership football clubs, right? You just go, identify the chronotypes of the squad and the manager. And we sit that lot over there and we sit that lot over there. So everything I do is when I said before, I'm attracted to the light because as long as I can keep thinking a thousand lux average all the time, I, I now, I don't need to walk around with this all day long because I know what it looks like. It looks like your office where you are now, Jake. It looks like your office, isn't it? So you're always sort of going up, oh, top up. Yeah, where shall I meet you guys for a quick chat later on? And you said, well, meet me in room three. Why room three? Well, because there's loads of windows in there. And while we're chatting, I'm getting a hit of this wonderful stuff that makes me cope with life. So I stop worrying about sleep. It's natural. How many of these things do we not even think about doing or trying? It's just like, let's get some top tips off a sleep expert. Get your eight hours. Don't eat too late. <laughs> sleep in a room that's 18 degrees, you know? Yeah. Fixed wake time, fixed sleep time. Uh, yeah, but I'm a nurse and I work shifts at night. I work multi-shifts. I'm a, I'm a presenter. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, it just doesn't, uh, it doesn't work, does it? What is so interesting about that is that what I really want people to do is come to these episodes, Nick, and not feel like they're hearing the things they've heard many times from many different people all in one small chunk. Like this is, I look at all the questions I had for you about 
Should we aim for eight hours? Should napping be kept to 27 minutes? Should men and women need the same amount of sleep? Do children need a structured bed routine? All of them now are basically a totally irrelevant questions because this isn't about the hours or the time. Or it's about your 24-hour cycle. And I'm 44 years old. I've never had a conversation with anyone in 44 years about how does your 24-hour cycle look? Break it down into 90-minute blocks. Make sure you get the light first thing in the morning. Make sure you have this 20-minute gap sometime mid-afternoon so that you can refresh yourself. You know, I'm now thinking of the times when my whoop band tells me I've had a great night's sleep, but I feel I've hardly slept. But that kind of makes sense now because I was basing it solely on the amount of hours I was in bed or when I go and kick a ball around in the garden with my son. I said to my wife only last week, I said, every time I play football with him before bed, he just goes out like a light. And there's me thinking, oh, it must be the football's worn him out. I mean, we're talking 15, 20 minutes, but it isn't, is it? It's that break that he's having mentally from the rest of his life. And then he's ready for his, uh, it's, honestly, I can't, can't tell you how useful I that think will it, be. I think you've just explained what my journey was all about and really what the outcomes of it is. It's a, it's a non-academic, it's a non-clinical, picking your way through all these things that should be there. And you've, you know, if you wanted to describe it, uh, you've just done it. A lot of people, what they say is, I read your book, you know, and I think... In fact, I know that I knew everything about what was in that book, but I'm not doing it. It's just like you just suddenly describe, well, well, just being outside, having a kickabout in the evening, you know, little tiny things of all those factors just add up. And you go, why haven't I been doing this? Because life tells us, forget (laughs) about everything else, get eight hours. And if you're not getting eight hours, panic. And if you wake up in the night, worry. And then you tell yourself all morning, oh, I'm going to feel awful today because I had no sleep. So you load up on the coffee, you get a kick, you get a drop, and then it reinforces the fact that it was the lack of sleep. And it isn't. It's the, it's the, it's the 24-hour routine. Fantastic. Thank you so much, man. I'd echo what Jake said. I think when I read it, I think what I found really refreshing about your approach was the fact that there are very few rules. You know, like I love that idea that you said this is about living life and I want you to be able to go out and have a night out at a party without worrying about sleep on the back of it. I found it really liberating. So this conversation's really reinforced it. Thank you. If anybody anybody listening to this, if they listen to the way you know you've just described it yourself, it's just take that as your first step. Think it's very practical. It's very achievable. You've not got to go and join the gym. You haven't got to go and buy some new equipment yeah. or buy some expensive products or get this or get that. You can just start this tomorrow morning, reflecting these things. That's why they call it a game changer. Put in sleep first. Stop talking about sleep. Stop talking about napping. Get this concept about the cycles. And off you go. I've got no time for those 20 minutes, Jake will tell me. Damien tells me. I've got no time for those 20 minutes late afternoon. I said, do you know how much time you waste every day? Yeah. But you should focus something on your own human ability to recover better and once you do that you become more productive you go faster immunity systems i mean we don't need to go into that but everything about you is functioning at its best and that's all you want listen mate thank you very much for your time i think that is going to be of real real value to people nick oh it's been amazing thank you nick i really really love that thank you no problem Damien. Jake. Well, that's completely changed my approach to sleep. You know, like, to give you an idea, 
I get tired early in the evening. So I think oh, I've not had enough sleep. I then wake up early in the morning and think, well, have I woken up early? I need more sleep. I wake up in the night worrying that I'm not having enough sleep. And now breaking my day down into 90 minutes, trying to make sure that every 90 minutes I get a couple of minutes just to kind of have a break or go outside, hitting the light first thing in the morning. I love what he said as well about like, removing the trash and putting in the good stuff. Cause I often won't sort of eat breakfast, right? I just don't fancy it, but it's only when I eat breakfast that I actually then need to go to the bathroom or whatever. So actually what he's saying is get up, do it quick, remove the trash and the toxins from your body, put in the good stuff, you know, vitamins, minerals. I'd take athletic greens, as you know, like first thing, do that. And then off you go. So it's about changing your day right from the very beginning. And, and basically every question that I'd written that we would needed to speak to him about very quickly, it became clear that that those questions were were not the right questions, basically, because it's not about more, better, deeper, longer sleep. It's about a total change to your day. Yeah, and I hope that people listening to this really embrace it and maybe explore it a little bit more detail. So in preparation for today's interview, I'd sort of read Nick's book and uh, I was sort of getting increasingly excited about it. And when I was trying to tell my wife, I was saying, oh, we need to start thinking about these 90-minute cycles of sleep. She was looking at me as if to say, what are you talking about? Is this a, another new fad that you're sort of trying to embrace? But I think what Nick's done there is break it down a little bit more and get us to understand that a lot of this stuff is going back to what our bodies already naturally know, you know, working with the circadian rhythms that he talks about. Imagine that you lived on an island. You'd wake up when the sun came up. You'd go to bed when it went dark. So there's serotonin and melatonin and things like that and the release. Most of it is what our bodies do naturally. And I think what his message was really good at was working harmony with our natural cycles rather than fight against them. I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you, brother. Loved it. Thanks, Jake. That was brilliant. So there you go. Listen, I love these kinds of conversations where they are about genuine game-changing techniques and understanding things that are part of our life even better. So I would love to know what you think of this episode. Um, ping me a message on Instagram or whatever. But I think even more important than that, okay, we all work with, live with, and are related to people that struggle with their sleep. So if you could just share this podcast with one person, I don't care whether it is on your social media, on your WhatsApp, whether you just text someone, call them, whatever, just try and get this podcast into the ears of one person because it might just change everything for them. Thank you so much for continuing to spread the learnings you're taking from these episodes. Thank you very much to Whoop for partnering with us as well today. Don't forget, if you want to get your hands on Whoop, click the link in the description to this podcast for a 20% discount. And remember, there is no secret. It's all there for you. So chase world-class basics. Don't get high on your own supply. Remain humble, curious and empathetic. And we'll see you soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.